Hey, St. John, welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estelia, and with me today is Pastor Adam. Hey, all. Today, we will be discussing the sermon from Good Friday, and we are actually recording on Good Friday. Yeah, we're going to get this recording out of the way. That's right. How's your Holy Week going so far? It's going along. It's going faster than I thought it would. But it still doesn't feel like Friday, which has been throwing me off. Yeah, it does not feel like a Friday, even though I know it's Good Friday. Right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about your sermon. Tell me about the text that you preached on. Uh, this year, the gospel account for Jesus' crucifixion is from Luke's gospel. And so I was looking at that a passion account for the sermon And more specifically, I was looking at the verses where you have the thieves on the cross, and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise, Um, kind of that part of the the gospel reading. And you had a really interesting sermon structure. You had the hymn, What Child Is This?, throughout it, which was really different, just considering it's Good Friday and not Christmas. So why did you choose to have What Child Is This? in it? This is an idea I've had for quite a while to incorporate this hymn into a Good Friday sermon. And I just kind of waited, I think a couple years actually, to try this out. I always find this hymn a little odd to sing on Christmas Eve or just during the Christmas season because we think about Jesus being a baby. And yet the second stanza is quite graphic, right? Nails, spear shall pierce him through, the cross be born for me, for you. And we sing this in the Christmas season with all the lights and glitz and glow of Christmas And I was wondering, what if we took this hymn and put it into the Good Friday service? How would that affect our singing of it and then our meditation and pondering of Christ's crucifixion? Sure, I agree. There are words in the hymn that do make you think specifically of Jesus' crucifixion. But I'll say personally, it did make me a little uncomfortable. Just right away, we're singing this this hymn that's just so associated with, with Christmas. Yeah, for sure. And that's why after seeing the first stanza, I brought up, you know, are we allowed to do this? Like, right. yeah, yeah, I, I, to uh, sing this hymn on this night. I'm sure a lot of us were thinking those questions. So thanks for going along with me, those who sang. So can you tell me what the central teaching of your sermon was? Uh, yeah, the central teaching, uh, I, I was using the language of Jesus being our king, especially since the hymn brings us, you know, this is uh, Christ the king whom shepherds guard and angels sing. And In the hymn, it's building up to the point of the third stanza where you have incense, gold, and myrrh. The the Magi are bringing these gifts for the king. And thinking about Good Friday and what Jesus came to do, I wanted to focus on what gifts we are to bring to King Jesus. And ultimately, it's our sins that we bring to him. Uh, Yes, incense, gold, and myrrh are fine gifts. They're kingly gifts. But what did Jesus come to do? He was born to die. He was born to take away our sins. That was kind of the focus, was to think about our sins being given to Christ. Yeah, that was something that really stuck out to me, was when you brought up the gifts that we bring Jesus. Because a lot of times I think we are tempted to think of our service or good works or different things like that, our praise to God. We, We like to consider those gifts. But you clearly turned that all on its head and was like mentioned these gifts, like what King Jesus wants is our sins. And I think that makes maybe me a little uncomfortable just thinking of like gifts being sins. But I think it was important that you said that. You know, I I appreciate this. And when we think about the worship service on Sunday morning, 
when you talk to someone and why do we go to church? What what happens at church? I think very often our answer once is we want to say, oh, we're going to show God our praise. We're going to offer up our singing and uh, show God our love for him, for what he's done. And these things are, are right to do. And it's good to have these sorts of thoughts. But the initial reason why we come to church on Sunday morning is so God can forgive us. So God can give us his grace. And that's a huge distinction when it comes to Christian worship. Is it more about what God is doing for me or what God is doing for us? And I think that's part of the, what gifts do we give to Jesus? Well, he actually wants your sins because he wants to forgive them. Uh, These other things we want to offer, these are fine. But ultimately, he knows that we need forgiveness. And part of that is the taking away of our sins. Something this reminds me of in is in Psalm 51, where David says, what you desire is a broken and contrite heart, right? God's not delighting in burnt offerings or sacrifices or, or you know, our quote unquote good works, right? What he desires is our repentance. Right, right. right. I was turning to the Psalm while you were talking. Uh, here we are, verse 16 and 17. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. Yeah, very much the worship service. It is primarily God is serving us. God is forgiving our sins. God is making us right with him. And then we respond. And keeping that distinction is so critical to understanding the Christian faith. It's about God doing rather than us doing. And even just Christ being our king, you mentioned how sitting to his right and his left are not honorable, loyal friends, but thieves and just turning kingship on its head. I think we tend to think of a king as powerful. We don't see a, we don't see a king who is on his throne being on, on the cross like that. Mm-hmm. But that's what God does and what he chooses to do for us. Yes, yes. And I know I brought this up in other podcasts, but my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. And we see this so clearly at the crucifixion. And then even going back to the Christmas story, a huge theme of the Christmas story is, you know, the king of the Jews is born, but not in the city of Jerusalem. He's not found in a palace. He's in a stable. Uh, He's too weak to protect himself. The wicked king is out to kill him. Uh, He can't fend for himself because he's a baby. Uh, You get all this inversion that happens at the Christmas story, and now it culminates on the cross that this is when God became king. He's crowned with thorns, he's enthroned, and it is all opposite what we would expect. Exactly. This is why he was born. He was born to die, like you said in your sermon. Right. How did you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life? One of the challenges of preaching on Good Friday is you're already there. And what I mean is you're already at the cross itself. So often with preaching throughout the rest of the year, you have to make your way to the cross. You have to make your way to the empty tomb. But what makes Good Friday and Easter a little bit of a challenge for the preacher is there's not much of a journey. You're just there. And so I just really wanted to remind us and be very explicit. Why are we here? What is the purpose of all this? God is here to take away your sins. So I think you partly answered the next question I was going to ask you, which was the problem that the sermon sought to identify. 
So would you say the problem is is our sins, first and foremost? Yeah, of course, I think it's our sins. And then tied into that is our hope that we can try to make amends still for them, you know, offering different gifts, bigger gifts, okay, showy gifts. so going gifts. back to that sacrifice we hope right. to offer God. Gotcha. Right, and so just not even really giving those ideas a lot of uh, breathing room. I just kind of say if uh, you think the gifts that we're supposed to give King Jesus are big and showy and fancy gifts, you're wrong. If it's uh, anything you think is reputable about yourself or how you can serve God, you're wrong. Those are not the gifts he wants. Right? Christ is the gifts he wants. He wants to take away your sins. Give him your sins. And that's the medicine right there of Jesus taking away our sins right. on the cross. Right. That's That's where it all happens. And uh, part of the, the goodness of this king, right? He doesn't just conquer so he can build his reputation up. He doesn't just conquer to increase his wealth or expand his territory. This king rules and actually serves his people. This is just complete benevolence of this king. He actually rules to protect the people underneath him. He doesn't just take advantage of them like so many corrupt rulers and politicians and all that. You know, we see with Pilate and with the leadership of the the council and all this in the or Passion Account. the kings account. in the Old Testament, too. Right, yeah, the kings in the Old Testament, just how often the corruption of power. And how many stories we just heard of from the judges as well, right? Right. And I mean, all those weeks were pointing t- towards Christ, right. the judge, the king, the true, the true one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the book of Judges ends with a longing for a king. And I knew that the series would end that way. You know, the book ends that way. And that's even partially why I was really excited to do Samson with kind of looking ahead to the Christmas story. It was a little foreshadowing uh, for this Good Friday sermon of, of knowing I was going to bring up Christmas. I knew, so Samson was a, a little bit of a foreshadowing for John the Baptist as the forerunner to the Messiah. Now we're at Good Friday and we're bringing Christmas into it as well. Tell me something about the text that did not make it into the sermon. Ah, uh, that's that's a really unfair question to ask uh, with the Good Friday sermon. Cause, I had to ask it. Yeah, uh, you have just the whole passion account. You could pick numerous parts of it, right? Right, to, right. To uh, a couple of years ago, I finished up my Sunday morning Bible class on the book of Luke. And I pulled out those uh, notes and handouts from that in preparation for tonight's sermon. And at the very beginning, I just wrote this. Throughout this class, we have alluded to and briefly looked ahead at a number of verses from Luke's final chapters. My goal is to pick up some of the pieces that we have not yet discussed. There is no way to extract all possible meaning from these chapters. There is just too much going on before our eyes and behind the scenes. As we embark on this task of looking at Luke chapter 22, 23, 24, I'm reminded of one of my professors at seminary who said, we know precious little about God, but what we do know is very precious. And that's why your question's unfair, Deaconess, uh, is there's just too much going on. And so what to focus on this year as we have journeyed to the cross and, and think about what our Lord did, what our God did to make us right with him. We could be there for an eternity. I think that's a really nice note to end on. It's like drinking from a well that's just never ending, keeps going. It's just so full of, of richness, just full of God's grace. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, there's too much to take in, and that's why we slow down during this week. That's why we read so much scripture, and we just look on and wonder at our God. He's reconciled the world to Himself. This wraps up the episode for today. 
Thank you for listening to today's discussion. In case you missed today's sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermons in the show notes. You can also find the sermon on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Or if you'd prefer to text a question, please text the phone number found in the show notes. Thank you, Pastor, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Glad to, and uh, excited to celebrate with you all uh, the vigil and uh, Easter Sunday. And we can say the the A. The A word. Or H word, depending on how you spell it. Depending on how you spell it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, very good. Thanks, bye. Bye.